4: Hi everyone, you're listening to the Third Coast Podcast. I'm Dennis Funk. Have you ever been stuck in a tight space? Cornered, squeezed, or maybe comfortably swaddled? This could be either literally or figuratively. Well, if you have, we want to hear your stories for an upcoming episode about tight spaces. Call in and leave us a message on 312 948 4653 and your story might just be a part of the next show. Alright then, that's all from me. Now, here's this week's podcast.
2: We're going to have some final songs coming up now. So just hang in there, folks, for some really groovy music.
5: From the Third Coast International Audio Festival in Chicago, I'm Gwen Maxi, and this is ReSound. How many
6: folks out there? This is Mick Jagger on WJAK. Lauren and Sydney on Party
5: Radio
7: B96, and here we have a guest today.
5: ReSound is a remix of music, documentaries, found sounds, sound bites, and little arias of audio we find all over the world on the air, on the web, on the job. We listen to everything we can get our ears on and then play the best of what's out there for you each week on ReSound.
2: Today is March 12, and we're going to have a really ring-a-ding time for you today. Hello, this is Stephen Run. This is the news. Last night, during the evening, we saw a tornado. We don't know what caused it or nothing.
5: Kids say the darndest things. They also say the most surprising, unguarded, and insightful things, which is why they are so much fun to listen to. Okay,
7: woo! That was
1: a nice song.
5: (laughs) Today on ReSound, kids sing opera, they talk about life on a remote island, they opine about running the world. And make no mistake about it, these kids, not shy. Stay tuned. (laughs) Stereotypes about opera abound, and no one knows this better than the people who love it, sing it, and then have to defend it to their peers, especially if their peers are in junior high. Yes, there are young adults, very young adults, who love opera and sing it better than you might expect. Take a listen.
3: I don't really know what people mean by I don't get opera. It just doesn't really make sense to me. Like, I don't play guitar, but I can enjoy like watching somebody play guitar, and I, I don't play sports. I can enjoy watching sports sometimes. So I don't know why, even though people don't sing opera, I don't know why they don't enjoy it. You know what I mean? How
0: engaging, how exciting, how adorably inviting, such a
3: Biggest stereotypes... About opera is that it's it's that it's boring. It's you know it's for old people. It's for rich people. Oh
0: my God! That all the people are fat. You know it sounds like screaming.
8: It's another stereotype I get from it. I don't know what it is about young American people, but it seems that they just label it as uncool.
0: They make you the
7: line.
8: My name is Tom Leverrier, and I'm a I'm an eighth grader at Biddeford Middle School. This is the first opera that I've ever done. I do not sing in the opera. I have an acting role.
3: My name is Druin Johnston, and I'm 17. I'm 5'6", I weigh 100 pounds, and I have short red curly hair and an eyebrow ring, (laughs) and my nose is pierced. I have had people just say to me before when I told them I'm a classical singer, they'll be like, but you're not fat. It kind of baffles me that people can still think that you have to be fat to be an opera singer.
0: My name is Jeremy Ramillo. I'm 19 years old. Well, okay. So usually when I mention opera to people my age, they'll start singing really like funny, and they'll be like, oh, you know, like. And then, and then she will
3: him. There we go. <laughs> Much better than before. I couldn't get that note out. I think that once you can break the ice over the the fear part, and you get that big bad word opera out of the way, and it's not so scary to say it to see it or to sing it. It's just a phenomenal expression of what the body can do. I am Melissa Manso, and I am the director of Youth Opera Workshop. We're performing an opera at the Biddeford Theatre, and there are going to be three shows. I hope we can make people laugh, because I think laughter is a great icebreaker.
8: We are performing Johann Strauss's comic opera, *Die Fledermaus. It's kind of like the modern he said, she said situation where um, some, some people get drunk and they try to cheat on each other. It's all about revenge. It's so real world. I mean, it's so like drinking and cheating. Like
0: there's so much opera that deals with like real world things. Isn't it funny
3: how the, the guys that are most <laughs> likely to cheat are also the most jealous? Yeah, it's a very <coughs> oh, interesting yeah. phenomena. So that's you in this mm. moment. One, two, three. He's the sky
0: for the situation, precisely all revealing. I would
8: compare opera music to a sport.
0: and meanwhile, I shall take notation.
3: If your body is stronger, your voice is going to be stronger because it is so athletic. It's like it's not just in your throat or your mouth or anything it's all the way down to your feet pretty much.
0: I think opera's hard just because, it, well it's kind of like playing an instrument except your body is the instrument so to be a virtuoso at any instrument is hard.
3: Yeah, it's good, Drew, I feel like you're so anxious you're holding it. Huh? Much better, much better. <laughs>
8: It's it's like the Olympics of music. I definitely would say that opera or like opera music is like the elite ninja force of all music.
0: What draws me to opera? I knew it was going to be music just ever since when I was a kid. Um but I guess specifically opera there's just something about it just there's just something about communicating in that manner, where it's your own voice getting, you know, getting to people's ears, not you know, not translated through microphones or whatever. And so, there's something about me being the vehicle of that.
3: The first opera I remember seeing was Romeo and Juliet, and I just remember seeing the soprano and just being like, oh, I wish I could do that. When I am singing at my best, I shut everything else out. So almost kind of like you go to sleep for a second. So you're just singing, and you're just it's, and it feels great. And afterwards, you feel I just feel like great about myself.
0: There's lots of divas. There's so many divas in opera. I guess I wouldn't consider myself a diva, but I guess
8: that's kind of a diva thing to say. So <laughs> my favorite part is the part that I get to be a part of. At the time I'm on stage, I am incredibly drunk. Come in, beautiful lady underneath, we'll tend you right away. I think I would put it as I'm kind of like in my school, the opera pioneer. I actually had a seventh grader come up to me and say, Wow, you were so cool, I'm going to the show. I think it's cool that I was one of the people that helped them make that decision. Like, wow, like, not on a huge scale, but in his life with that decision, I mattered. Not much I think oh,
1: Which one's
3: oh,
0: no.
8: oh, it's opening night. And- Kind of nervous.
3: Well, Jeremy, did. Jeremy and I have allergies or something, and we're congested. So we heated up some water and we put some salt in it, and we have one of these little baby congestion aspirators, and we're putting it in our
8: nose.
3: It back and it hurts, head. but it helps clear really the sinuses.
8: I am nervous to have an audience this big. Hopefully, it is big. As far as I know, ticket sales haven't been as good as we thought they would be. Uh it's about 14 minutes till curtain. I am kind of nervous.
3: And I didn't have a voice yesterday, but my high notes are there, so they're in me. Good evening and welcome to the opera!
1: <laughs> so, uh,
3: Why?
0: Because you're married? What's that? I'm married too. What's stopping us from living? How engaging, how en- how adorably inviting. Such a flower, I can shower with my kids here and now.
8: If she Opera a is like its own language. Like, you don't even have to know what they're saying because there's so much passion in the music, which is one of the things I love about it. It's like you can understand what they're saying, or at least what they're feeling it's like its own little world. People loved the opera. <laughs> oh, people right, loved the right. opera.
0: And all the other musicals that I'd been in my parents had always fallen asleep. This time they were just like, oh he didn't fall asleep at all, it was great, yes. how could he fall
3: asleep?
1: If
3: I'm not singing and I'm probably thinking about it somehow or it's gonna come up. Everything in my life ends up reminding me of opera. That is my life so it just it's always there.
5: Opera Underage was produced by Alex Blair as a student at the Salt Institute for Documentary Studies in Portland, Maine.
2: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you.
5: You're listening to ReSound from the Third Coast International Audio Festival in Chicago. I'm Gwen Maxey.
2: Hi, people out there in WJAK land. I know you are all listening to this radio because it's the far-outest radio in the world. Mick Jagger's is making our Super Jack calendars for Super Jack's Mick Jagger and Porky Cheddar. And I hope you like the music in the background. It's from WJAK.
5: So far, we've heard kids who sing opera and kids who live on a remote island. Why stop there? Why not kids running the world? No small concept, but a fascinating one for composer and sound artist Alessandro Bassetti. Bassetti asked a number of children, in a number of ways, a number of questions. Among them, what would you do if you were in charge? And what would it be like to live in a country run entirely by children? Then, in his usual style, he turned their voices into music.
7: You're the king. I am. No, you're the king. I you're the, the queen. Court. No, I am. I am. <laughs> I am the king. And, and she's the king. No, I'm the king. Yeah, you're the king. You're, no, you're the king. I you're
6: the, the queen. I am. I am. <laughs> I am the king. Kingdom. Dictatorship. That's democracy, not dictatorship. I am the king. Maybe we should just become communists. You're
5: the king. ReSound producer Delaney Hall spoke with Alessandro about his inspiration for the piece, which was commissioned shortly after the election of Barack Obama.
3: So I guess first just tell me a little bit about how Children's America started. What was the genesis and where did the idea come from?
4: So the idea came from uh, Markus Euger, the producer of German radio, that called me once and said, Look, you've been living in the US in the past two years and we want a piece about the change that's happening in the country. That time America was in all media, like, seems every media <laughs> in in Germany or, or in Europe was looking for an uh, America piece. And then it just came out this idea like oh, okay I like to make a piece but switching an element we're going to talk about the change but this place is just inhabited by kids this place is just run by like below 12 years old and there is another another thing which is um I always loved a piece from an uh, Italian writer that made, I think, in the 60s, called Giochi di fanciulli" so childrens at play, and it was a radio play that he made for Italian uh, public radio in the in the, I think it was the, it was the 60s, and he had kids like he built a like a playground in a studio and they recorded uh, kids playing for for days and uh, he made a collage of uh, all these kid voices and through the collage and through the games and their little rhymes and he reconstruct the story of uh, the life of a man and a woman and of course all the themes of violence and love and birth and death and war, competition, exclusion from society are all there and um, I always loved that piece a lot and I was thinking oh I'd like to make a Homage to to it.
5: Well, where did you find the
3: kids that you interviewed?
4: All right, these were some kids of friends from very different backgrounds, and uh, and then through a friend uh, in New York, I had a chance to enter uh, into summer camps and spend a couple days on each one. So that was like being there all day long and. Uh, and then couple situation also true. Yeah, like we we organise little parties or the really situation where kids had a chance to be together for some times and play and act out a certain situation that I given to them.
3: Mm. Yeah. What kind of questions did you ask them?
4: Well I had a series of themes that I wanted to touch. I wanted to hear about politics, I wanted to hear about environment, I wanted to hear about immigration, I wanted to hear What kind of government do they want? I wanted to hear about war. I wanted to hear about what I think about family and love. Uh, So I was kind of giving a a frame sometimes. And what I realized pretty soon is that I was pretty organizing. Okay, I want to touch those themes, but... Kids are very, they're very meandering. They, they, they talk about it maybe for a split second and then they go somewhere else. And they're very extremely lucid, but you gotta, you gotta go with the flow of where they're going. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So the, 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 my attempt to keep the the interview structured in a way was has a lot of limits, and I had to kind of see where it was going. But also, my my main. Uh, thing that worked out sometimes and uh, it was to switch from the descriptive form to the first person form let's say i I would give them a frame like okay there is this place and it's run by kids doing the government doing the um, defense doing the um, managing the resources how do you imagine this situation to happen kind Uh, of like theater Kind of like theater, and they—they they of course most of the time would go like, "Oh, it would be like this. There would be a lot of wild animals running around, and we have to defend ourselves, or there would be this and that." But th- there was always a moment, and it came in different ways where they were going. They were starting out something, and they would say, "Oh, I'm going t- out the door," and there is. There is this gigantic invasion of animals, and I gotta organize <laughs> my friends. So, mm-hmm. can you come and bring some weapons? And you, uh, please, close all the doors and the windows. Mm-hmm. And so it it went into a first person, like I am doing it. This is happening. So when that happened, that was uh, successful to me. So yeah,
5: that was Alessandro Pasetti speaking with Resound producer Delaney Hall. Here's an excerpt from Children's America
2: sort of acting like a grown-up. Acting more like a grown-up than the other kids. there. And then, like, because they were acting, because if they're acting like a grown-up, it would be a really big responsibility. And you'd have to think it through for a while and like what should he do next and and if he was a grown up it takes a little bit less time because he starts to plan ahead sort of acting like a grown up acting more like a grown up than the other kids there and then, like, because they were acting, because if they're acting like a grown-up, it would be a really big responsibility, and you'd have to think it through for a while, and like, what should he do next, and, and if he was a grown-up, it takes a little bit less time, starts to plan ahead.
7: for rapping Holla. oh 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 I'm a kid singing the new national anthem This is the kids world no more grown up Yeah no I'm a kid and I'm here to say We are the best rappers in the USA Holla. Oh oh we are here Time, Time for no death metal no. craziness
1: Boom kids Boom for
7: the world The world don't, don't You forget And I And don't Suck Suck Suck
1: <laughs> <laughs> Black White Orange uh, White And Black Black and uh, black and grayish color and black white orange uh, white and black black and uh, black and B- grayish colour and black white orange uh white and black Um, no black and uh black and well uh, grayish colour and Black white um, uh, white and black black and uh black and I don't know. B- grayish colour and black white maybe sometime. Orange uh, white and navy black. Black and uh, black and oh, uh, b- grayish color. <laughs> and black white yeah, Orange uh, white and black. Black and, uh, black and, that's it. grayish color, and black, white, Hell orange, uh, white, and black, black, probably, and, uh, black and, grayish color.
6: That's democracy, not dictatorship. I am the king! Maybe we should just become communists.
7: You're the king.
6: Democracy is like a monarchy, but just with more people.
7: I am the king
6: them. Dictatorship. One
7: leader.
1: Yeah, really strong. No, you're the king. I'm
7: you're the, the queen. There's one boss that really like one big boss and them. She's the king. There's that
6: one. like
7: live in Antarctica.
6: One big leader, which should be me. I am the king. Them,
7: she's the king,
6: no, I'm the king. She's the king. When the dictator retires, she chooses who wants to be the next dictator? She's the king. No, I'm the king. Communism? No. No, not communism. Why not communism? It. No, bad idea. Just because there's not been a
7: successful one. Yeah, that means monarchy. there won't be a successful one.
6: I am the king! It's him. Monarchy. You don't know, the why are you, like, going for it? Do you even really know what monarchy is? Yeah, it's yes. him. She's the king. I find it very strange that there's a king boy and a queen girl sitting on two thrones.
7: I am the king! And, and, um, they help you if you need help. You're the king. You're, no, you're the king. Oh, you're the queen. Once and for all, they're gonna be the president until in November or any week will be the next election. It's November the 2nd.
6: run by Smokey the Bear. You're
7: the king. You're, no, you're the, king. You're I the, the king. king. I am the prince. Like those. Oil okay, oil. I'm, the the I'm the prime minister.
6: I'm the prime minister.
7: We are royals, and that means we are royal blood. And the dirty blood <laughs> stink. <laughs> it's organized like this. Every 12-year-old would rule some of the state. So as soon as you turn 12, the empire would extend. So like when you're 11, you get all these special privileges of owning a little part of the world. Yeah, like a city. Like Like, like one person could own Kathmandu. And then they would like split them up into different states, actually. Somebody would own like Manhattan. Somebody own a little bit of other cities. Queens. Yeah.
6: kingdom. Dictatorship. That's democracy, not dictatorship. Dictatorship. One leader. Maybe we should just become communists.
1: Uh...
7: Some kind of dangerous animal was attacking their city or something like that. They wouldn't have a place to live because the animal or invader might be messing up their city so they couldn't run it. There are lots of wild animals that are running around, but they're not exactly mean.
1: Bids? Deal? Uh oh, bell. Fish. Ooh. That's ooh. it. Pug. Yeah, pug. <laughs> a pug is a dog. Dog, obedient. A four cats.
7: <laughs> <laughs> Crocodile, uh aggressive. all kinds of
1: animals.
7: (laughs) Live with the animals and get part of them. Be a little more like them.
5: Learn from them. Children's America was composed and recorded by Alessandro Bassetti for WDR, a radio station in Berlin. To read an interview with Alessandro, visit thirdcoastfestival.org. You've been listening to ReSound from the Third Coast Festival in Chicago. I'm Gwen Maxai. This episode was produced by Delaney Hall and Dennis Funk. The program is curated by Johanna Zorn and Sarah Geis of the Third Coast Festival. Support for ReSound comes from Emma, a web-based email marketing and communication service helping businesses and nonprofits manage their email campaigns and online surveys in style. More at myemma.com. The Third Coast International Audio Festival is a nonprofit arts organization made possible with lead funding from the Richard H. Treehouse Foundation and the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Additional support is provided by the Aga. Foundation, the Menaki Foundation, and the National Endowment for the Arts. The Third Coast Festival is supported in part by a grant from the Illinois Arts Council, a state agency. Special thanks to our many individual contributors from Chicago and around the world. Resound returns next week with more radio that you can't hear anywhere else unless you live everywhere else.
4: You've been listening to the Third Coast podcast. If you like what you heard today, leave us a review on iTunes, send us an email, or let us know through Facebook or Twitter. You can also support us with a donation at thirdcoastfestival.org. As always, thanks for listening.